is Flo, and this is my impression of someone who is terrible at giving directions. So you get on the 506, or it's the 605, and on the left past the new food truck, but not the new, new one. There's a six-way stop that's kind of like comparing Progressive's direct rate with our competitors' rates on Progressive.com, but not. Then take a right at the tree that looks like that guy from that show. You know, that guy that does a thing, and everyone's like, <laughs> Directing you to rates in one place at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. It's Casey on the radio. The Health and Happiness Show, brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center. A better place to get better. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in today. There's an HBO documentary made by several former members of Scientology. It's called Going Clear. Lori Hodgson, she says her children were forced to shun her after she and her mom left the organization. This disconnection policy is what Lori is bringing to the world's attention. Lori, I don't know how anyone could watch this film going clear and not be shocked. I know, isn't it? It's appalling. It's just disgusting. It's absolutely unbelievable. If you If you are to believe everything that the HBO documentary Going Clear tells about Scientology, how long were you in Scientology? I've been in Scientology for over 30 years. I joined when I was 13, and now I'm 52, and I, I resigned about five years ago. You joined when you were 13 because you wanted to or because your family did? My stepfather, my mom got remarried, and um, he introduced Scientology to my mom. She was having some trouble, and then I was having trouble with communicating, and my mom suggested that I could come down and check out the communication course. You did, and did you and your mom both stay in? Uh, We both resigned after we saw what happened with my two children. Right, so you've both been out for, for about five years. Yes, and we actually openly resigned. We wrote the Church of Scientology a letter and said we don't want to be a part of this organization anymore after what happened to my children. What was the breaking point? What happened with your kids? So many things. It went on for since both of them turned 15. I think the biggest thing was they were recruited to drop out of school and get their GED or go to a Scientology school to dedicate their life to working for Scientology without my knowledge. And they were really happy in school. And after three hours of being with one of the recruiters, they totally used mind control and manipulated my kids to forget about all their education. And to me as a parent, that is just uncalled for. Okay, so you were a teen in Scientology. Was it not that bad then? They didn't recruit you to drop out of high school? They did. They did. I was 15, and uh, they come in in their naval uniform. They're from the Sea Organization, which is the upper branch. And they, you know, they approached me and wanted me to join and leave my family, sign a billion-year contract. And I was like, what? I I just had the common sense, and I was very family-oriented. And so I uh, I didn't join, and whenever they came in the building... I would, uh, you know, definitely stay away. All right, so they did approach you, but you didn't yes. join. I remember watching in the documentary, they had a fleet of uh, boats that they had off. They weren't a part of any nation, right? And they had young people come on and yes. basically clean these boats and make them serviceable. Right, that was in the beginning. And then, then he put the base in Florida. The Sea Organization was in Florida then and then uh, in Los Angeles. In the beginning, it started on the on the fleet of boats, yeah. I have to tell you, there's something about Scientology. If you don't know anything about it, that's attractive. I remember, you know, the 80s, reading Dianetics on the beach one summer because I want to be the best person I can be, and that's what Dianetics sells to you at first. 
you know, right, right. Sure. I want it, but mm-hmm. that, but I have to tell you, I only got three quarters of the way through the book, and it didn't make much sense to me. So me uh, too. It, you did better than me. I mean, I've been in Scientology all these years, and I had I didn't get past the first five pages. Yeah. Okay. But then they, they say when you get to the highest level of Scientology, the highest level, what is that level eight or something? Yes. You, you open a box, and it's gibberish inside, and everybody makes believe that they get it, right? Right. Because I bet they're like after spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands, they're like, this is it. Right. <laughs> I never reached that high. I only went a third of the way up, so I, I didn't get to um, see that. <laughs> so your kids, you believe, were brainwashed, and then did they say, you know, they were breaking up with you? How it started is, I remember clearly, it was August 30th. I, I brought them in my office, and I just said, uh, your grandma and I, you know, we don't want to be a part of this organization anymore. I told them why, and they, they, they went through it with me, so they knew. And I just said, I, you know, I don't want you to choose for between me and your dad, and you can do Scientology if you want, but we don't want to do it anymore. And my daughter was just terrified about when her dad found out, because he's a Scientologist, my ex-husband. And my son was very receptive. He was just, he understood. And um, I said, just give it four or five days, what I told you, until you tell your dad. And they did. And the first thing out of their father's mouth was, if you do not disconnect from your mom, meaning that they can never talk to me again, he said, if you don't disconnect from your mom, I will disconnect from you, because no one will take my eternity away from me. No one will take what away from him? His eternity. So Scientologists believe that Scientology is their eternity. Their salvation, like it's the only answer. All right, I got it. So he wasn't—he so wasn't gonna let he—he he would disconnect from them if they didn't disconnect from you. Right, and I—that's a Sophie's choice, and I didn't do that with my children. And, I, and to this day, after five years of fighting for them, I still feel when they decide to wake up and finally say no to this disconnection and come back to me, I would never influence them to not have their father in their life. Of course not. Any religion or. I, it's hard to even call this a religion. Well, any f- uh, program that doesn't have kindness at its base is probably not a good program. So any program where you have to choose between parents, you know, I can see stepping away from a parent who is abusive, but always pray for their highest good and greatest healing. But when they make you choose one parent over the other, what's at the base here? Fear. Fear is at the base here. It is. It is. And in the beginning, when I was 13... If I would have known that I was, when I joined Scientology, that one day when I had children, I was going to lose them because I didn't want to be a part of Scientology anymore, I would have never joined. Of course. How old were they when you dis- they disconnected from you? Jeremy was 17 and a half, and Jessica was 20, and I actually went outside the organization to the court system to help me with that because the custody agreement was broken, and I was going to bring up the disconnection with Scientology and the past owed child support that my ex-husband owed me. I guess my ex hired a Scientology attorney, and they stalled the case until Jeremy was 18. So I did get the child support, but I never got a fight for the disconnection and the broken custody agreement. We're talking to Lori Hodgson here on the Health and Happiness Show. How Scientology rips families apart is what we're talking about. And if you can see the HBO documentary going clear. So them stalling the court case until your son was 18, that is minor compared to some of the other legal things they have done. True? Yes, very true. So they've almost held our our nation's court system hostage, and in one way, that's how they got their designation as a, a religion, right? So they don't have to pay taxes? That's right. I wouldn't even call it a religion. 
yeah, whatever it is, it doesn't pay taxes, and it has bazillions, gazillions of bazillions of dollars and property across the globe. But I understand, tell me if I'm right, there are only maybe 50 or 55,000 active Scientologists in the world today. Is that true? That's what I've heard. They say there's millions. They say there's uh, millions, right. Right, on the contrary. But literally, you could fit them in a football arena. Probably, yes. Yeah. So it's amazing that this group has so much power and so few followers and, and so much property. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling, but we can't get into all of that. We need to talk about you and your kids. They're now 22 and 25. Have you heard from them at all since the day they disconnected from you? I have not talked to my daughter in about four years, and my son, I've attempted to try to talk to him three times. I went to Texas. The last time, he basically said, you need to leave my motorcycle shop, and if you don't leave, I am going to leave. And he tells me that you have to go back into Scientology and do the steps and get back in good standing before I can talk to you. So Scientology is ordering them to be away from me. They even track my flights, and they warn my kids when I'm coming, and they they tell them what to say to me. My daughter won't even answer the door. And I know my son was upset because someone called me from his workplace and said Jeremy was really upset after he had to kick you out of the motorcycle shop. He had to take the rest of the day off. So I know it's not their choice. I clearly know it's because of fear and because if they see me, then they're going to get kicked out of Scientology because they want to talk to their mom, and they're going to lose all their family and friends. Yeah. And they, they might believe it's their eternity, like their father. I, I don't know, or it could be this $3 million gag contract that Scientology made my son sign when he was 16 because he saw something. So they must be really worried about what he saw. Lori Hodgson, our guest on the Health and Happiness Show. More on her son, Jeremy, coming up. It's Casey on the radio, the Health and Happiness Show. Friend it on Facebook and follow it on Twitter. Casey on the radio, fun and inspiration. I was brought to the emergency room on a Saturday afternoon after suffering from a headache for about three days. Debbie Aglietti was nervous, but she didn't want to alarm anyone. She had her husband drop her off at the Hudson Valley Hospital Center, No Wait ER, on the way to taking their sons to a basketball game. Before my husband even came back, I had been seen by two nurses, a doctor, was totally pain-free, and was waiting for the neurology consult. This No Wait ER is no joke. I did not even sit down in the waiting room. Debbie's diagnosis? A viral condition. She spent three nights at Hudson Valley Hospital Center. I can just go on and on about this The way that they care for their patients, the way that they care for each other, it's just a better place to get better. Hudson Valley Hospital Center practices a different kind of medicine. They call it patientology. For more information, visit hvhc.org or call 1-800-482-4842. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 800-424-0027 or visit our website at stchristophersinn.org. Hi, it's Casey. Lori Hodgson wanted her son Jeremy to have a proper education and not be out working on a boat for Scientology in Florida. That's one of the reasons she split from Scientology. 
Her son stayed, and he may have reason to fear the organization. Lori says her son signed a document that says if he speaks out about what he saw, he'd be fined millions. And Jeremy didn't mean for this to come out to Lori's mom. He slipped. He wasn't allowed to tell anyone. And we were up here on a family vacation before they disconnected. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. She was asking him about, you know, what what was it like in the C organization when he was in there? And he said, oh, Nani, I can't tell you. Um, I signed a $3 million contract. And if I tell you, then I can't do Scientology ever again. And I'll get in big trouble. And my mom was like, what? They made him sign a $3 million GAD contract that if he spoke what he saw, that he would have to pay them $3 million, which is illegal. But he thought it was real, terrified that he even slipped and told his grandma. So Once he told me, I was done. I was like, after that, you know, (laughs) I I was out of that organization. So he was out with that group, the C group that goes out on the boats, right? Yeah, it was actually now based in Florida. He worked 40-plus hours a week. He was 15. They promised me he would have his schooling. He never got his schooling, which is against the law. They never let me call him. It was only four times I got to speak to him in seven months. And then when he wanted to leave, he was taken off the base, away from his friends on Thanksgiving Day, kept in a room with a security guard. And I I called him. I got to talk to him that day. And I said, why aren't you with everybody? He said, Mom, I can't be with them. I want to leave. I mean, they isolate you. They make you feel awful. Um, After what they did with my son, they broke all the promises to me. Going Queer is the documentary on HBO. Lori is our guest. Her two children disconnected from her when she chose to leave Scientology. Now, what do you think he saw? I wish I knew. I, I do know that Jeremy, his uncle, was very high up. His name was Bob Wright, and he worked directly under David Miskell. And it could have been something he overheard with his uncle. I have hunches. It might have to do with Israel, which is a long story. Okay. But uh, I mean, uh, the authorities are investigating that, actually. So I don't really have um, any anything back on that. You know, I don't know what he saw, but it's something big because I've talked to a lot of Scientologists who have left, and they said, Lori, we've never heard of a $3 million gag contract for a 16-year-old. Right. He saw something. $3 million. $3 million. Yeah, and I know it is. Yeah, three million. And other people have, you know, hundreds of thousands, but three million. And other uh, organizations that espouse to be for goodness, for eternity, they don't need to bribe children to keep quiet. Well, something comes to mind here. (laughs) But I will say, you know, in, in the best of all possible scenarios, you want peace and faith and love to be at the basis and not bribing children. Not bribing children. All right. How's your mom? My mom is good. She resigned uh, with me five years ago, and we're, we miss my children more than anything, but we're actually doing better in our life than we ever did in Scientology. Yeah. You know, we're happy. We're not forced to go to events. We're not forced to donate money. And we're just living a happy life. But we're missing my kids. And so I'm going to keep fighting for them. I'm never going to give up until Scientology is stops this connection. Because it's not just me. Casey, it's worldwide. It's like international people have lost their families. This connection is all around. I just want it stopped. What are you doing for them while they're away? Are you keeping a journal? Are you keeping gifts for them? Are you, are you doing anything so when they come back in your life you can say here here's what's been up the last five years well i actually send them presents i don't know whether they get them or not i 
send them cards on their birthday. I, I, I do poems for them. I write things on Facebook, hoping because Scientology made them block my Facebook account and all my family. So they blocked all their family associated with me. Their grandpa, grandma, uncles, aunts, everyone. And so I hope that they can go on to a friend's Facebook, I leave it open, and see that, that these nice, loving messages I'm giving my children. I'm also writing a book, so one day they can read the book, and, I, and I'm writing everything down, and all the things I've done to try to reach out to my kids, and I, I just keep trying. So when you find out that your son had to leave his motorcycle shop because he was so upset over talking to you, do you feel like maybe that's a crack in the iceberg? I do, but uh, I think he also you know, get so, so much mind control that he's, he's just terrified. He's just terrified to get near me. Then he's going to have to go down there and tell them what happened. But yeah, I think that the, the more I try to see him and he knows I'm not giving up, it's totally going to help. When you stepped away from Scientology, did anybody give you a hard time? Oh, yes. I have been uh, harassed and threatened. After I left, I went and saw a man named Marty Rathbun. He was a high-ranking executive that worked right under the leader of David Miscavige, and he left. Marty left because of the abuses he saw. And I heard he helped former Scientologists, and I went to see him about my children. I told no one. And when I got back to work the following day after seeing him, someone called in the morning my work to find out my hours, and my mom just thought it was a client coming by to get their vitamins. So I left at 4 o'clock like I normally do, and I went out in my parking lot, and this man who was a high-level Scientologist, his name was John Allender, he, he came right after me and approached me and said, so I see you've been to Marty's over the weekend. And then he said, do you enjoy beating? And I was terrified. I'm like, what? And I just, I, I went back in my office. My heart was pounding. You know, he was blocking me from getting into my car. And so I went back in. I had a knee replacement, so I can't run. And I talked to the authorities. I mean, I reported it to the authorities. And then three months later, I went to see Marty again. And you know those goofy uh, guys in those outfits called the Scrollbusters that were in the HBO documentary? Yes. Okay, I was the first one who brought them. That same man, John Allender, at the top of the stairs was banging on the door. I was downstairs getting some lunch, and another man, Mark Warlick, at the bottom of the stairs in the movie that you, you saw, he followed me from San Jose, California, because those two were, were responsible for, part, of, part responsible for manipulating my children to disconnect from me. Right. They followed me across state lines with this goofy camera crew with cameras on their head, and they stayed and harassed uh, Marty and I for a couple weeks when I was there. We did a police report, and they stayed and harassed Marty for like eight or nine months. Right, and and, and we call them, you call them squirrels, but they're really like the goon squad. They're outside your house, they're banging on things, they're wearing GoPro cameras on their head, to, and, they're, and they're harassing you and throwing insults you, right out, you know, just beyond the property line. And these guys, yeah. these are Scientologists. They are. And they're, they're basically, it's called fair game. They're going to do anyone in who's a former Scientologist who is critical about Scientology and exposing the truth. Okay. And, and their goal is to get you back so that you can say you've lied about everything, paid thousands of dollars for counseling to get your head screwed up so you agree with what they're doing and agree with the abuses, which I can't do. I, I am telling the truth. My kids know I'm telling the truth. I can never go back in that organization. Lori, how many others are telling the truth? How many are out now telling this story? Oh, thousands. There's probably more out than that are in. And, and people are finally getting the courage to speak out. Now, what can the government do? What can our police do? What can the FBI do? I mean, nothing because this is a religion, quote-unquote? All I know is I have talk authorities, and I report everything. 
I, I know they're investigating it. They, they have done an investigation. I feel they're going to start doing another one, and there might be one going on right now. I report to the top sergeant here, and I live in two places in Lakeport. He's in charge of human trafficking because my son had um, human trafficking when he was in the organization. And then I report to a top officer in San Jose, and then I have higher authorities that I can't really discuss. Gotcha. So police officers and beyond. Yes, real high up. Okay, now tell me what you mean about uh, human trafficking with your son. Well, he was a minor. Um, he was supposed to be in school, so right. he's not getting his schooling. Right, so instead he was out with the Sea Organization of Scientology. I got you. So that's one way angle we could possibly get into them. Yes, yes, and that's why uh, they found me and came to me and discussed it and tried to talk to my son, and Scientology found out and hid my son for a day, and so the top authorities never got to talk to my son. So I, I feel there's a lot that we don't know that the authorities are doing, which is great. I really do. Okay. I believe they're, they're trying to help. Lori Hodgson, our guest, going clear the documentary on HBO. Lori, what can we do for you? I think just spread the word. Um, letting me be on your radio show was, was awesome, Casey. Thank you. And I think continuing to share it. I'm on Twitter, Lori underscore Hodgson. You can retweet my tweet, TonyOrtega.org. He, he's a great reporter, and he puts the latest things about Scientology. If everybody could read that, they could get educated about it. And just Google Scientology and look at both sides. Now listen, I'm, when I'm done you know, airing this on the airwaves, I'm going to post it on several websites. And who knows, your kids could find it one day. So if they were to ever hear this tape, why don't you give a message to your children, Jessica and Jeremy? I love you, Jeremy and Jessica. And all I ask for you is to look at both sides. Have the courage. Your mom was never allowed to look at both sides. And now you know this is wrong and that I'm telling the truth. And all I want to do is be your mom. If you want to do Scientology... That's fine with me. You'll find the truth in your own time. I just want to be your mom. Come back home. That's Lori Hodgson. The documentary on HBO is called Going Clear. You can follow Lori Hodgson on Twitter to learn more. It's Casey on the radio. The Health and Happiness Show. Brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterforderm.com. It's time to get healthy with 100.7 WHUD. If you're a business specializing in health, nutrition, holistic wellness, or fitness, become a vendor at the first annual Health and Wellness Expo, Saturday, June 28th from noon till 5 at the Crown Plaza Suffern. Inspire wellness and connect with potential customers at the first annual Health and Wellness Expo, powered by Crystal Run Healthcare. We want you healthy. Call Deanna at 845-838-6000 for exhibitor or sponsor information and learn more at whud.com. Hi, it's Casey. I want to leave you with a little joy today. Meet Jamie Bianchini. He lives in Santa Cruz, California. He rode a tandem bike around the world through 81 countries doing good along the way. And you can read all about it in his new book, A Bicycle Built for Two Billion. It all started when... I ended up going bankrupt and having the girl I thought I was going to marry uh, leave me behind. And I ended up single and broke and decided to just kind of switch my life around and decided to live a a dream of of world travel. But I decided to to also try to make it mean a little something out into the world. So I created a a little organization called Peace Peddlers and I decided to take a two-seat tandem bike around the world and ride the front seat and leave the back seat open to have strangers come on the back and create friendships through all language, cultural, and religious barriers. 
tires. Well, now you're married with children, right? So that bicycle built for two, is, is that what worked for you? You know, it ended up working for me. I mean, it took a long time. It took over seven years and, and about 70 countries to find her. Eventually, she she hopped on the back of the seat as one of the over a thousand people who came on the bike. And so she stayed on the bike and we ended up making our first child out on our, our tour together. And now we've got a couple kids and settled in. Wonderful. And what are you doing now? This moment, I'm out promoting the book. I'm uh, out in Florida. It's our eighth stop on a 38-stop tour around the country. And so now I've, I've written a book about this journey that I took, a friendship and connection with our fellow human human beings on the planet here. And I've created this book that, that so far is doing really well and just out sharing the story. And the story, didn't you find bikes for people? We started about 10 different small charity projects while we were out, out on the bike. So as I was on the bike, uh, total strangers came on the bike and we created friendships. And from those friendships, we, we were able to find uh, areas in their communities uh, around the world where we could increase happiness and decrease suffering. So we did everything from distribute free malaria medication out to, to small villages in Africa, started a school for AIDS orphans in Uganda. And like you say, we raised money and donated uh, donated 100 bikes to a township in, in uh, South Africa. So uh, there's always, you know, one of the byproducts of the trip was, was learning compassion. People were extremely nice with me and, and took care of me anytime I was in danger or, or hungry or scared or alone or, or anytime I was in a vulnerable situation, total strangers came out of there, I, I, out of the woodworks and, and helped me. From that compassion demonstrated to me, I, I, I just kind of naturally gravitated towards trying to take care of people whenever I could along my journey. Well, aside from finding your wife, have you met any other lifelong friends that you're still in touch with? Absolutely. I said I rode with over a thousand people and still in touch with dozens of people that are that are still really close friends. A lot of them came to my wedding that I met out in Europe and South America and uh, Australia and New Zealand. And so I've got friends all over the world. It's a, it's, a, it's a great feeling to know that the, the world's a much smaller place than we once envisioned. Increase happiness, decrease suffering. He's peace peddler Jamie Bianchini. Visit a bicycle built for two billion dot com. Have a great week. You've been listening to Casey on the radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.